You're listening to ayahuascapodcast.com. Hi guys and welcome to ayahuascapodcast.com. As always with you here, Sam Belief, the founder of the podcast and Lawaro Ayahuasca Retreat. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Doran Gibor. I'm afraid to pronounce the, the second name. Is it Yitzhak? Yitzhak, yeah. Yitzhak. Doron Yitzhak. Doron Yitzhak. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, known him for a while now. It's very, very well I, pronounced. But I haven't been Doran able to master, master the name. Uh, so Doron was a guest uh, at our retreat. Uh, what, when was it? About six months ago? Eight? No, it was almost a year ago. Almost uh, about, a year ago. Yeah, in February. Uh, and February Doran, of 2023. Uh-huh. And Doran was a, a very special guest because he wasn't um, he wasn't just there to learn. He was also there to teach because he he willingly offered to teach us some techniques uh, that he works with as uh, in his uh, personal um, personal uh, coaching uh, and uh, spiritual practice. And uh, I learned a lot from him and a lot of other things and I, I want to share about that today and uh, today we want to also look into the topics for today will be uh, shadow work uh, ayahuasca as a healing tool and as a as a learning tool um, facilitation integration religion it's going to be a fun episode I'm sure so Doran welcome to the podcast thank you so much Sam it's so good to be here Doran, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come in in work with the medicine to begin with? To begin with, so um, I was living in South Africa, and um, in South Africa, the the uh, there is a very large uh, alternative or the yeah, alternative healing community because of the local tribes there so um shamans from all around the world uh, pass by south africa because um, there's um it's very easy in terms of legality so for me i had a friend that got involved that got involved uh, he, he had experienced ayahuasca a couple of times um, and he, he mentioned it to me. And at the time I had just broken through like some serious blockages in my own life. And, um, and I, and I wasn't interested. Um, but it only took about six months for me to become interested. Um, I, I did it from, I did it for, for personal reasons. I saw that there was a certain type of, um, um, woman that I was attracting that there was this uh, common denominator that uh, basically I could tell that it was my own pattern essentially um, just as a side note what I do for a living is I help people break through patterns and unconscious blockages so I was able to really um, notice that this was a, a pattern in my life and just for anyone listening if you want to know if you have a pattern then just look if something has happened two or three or four times and you'll notice that the only common denominator is you so that would be a pattern. Um, a blockage is if you want something and have wanted something for a long time and you still don't have it, then you, you probably have a blockage. 
That's just a, a caveat. So what happened was I I experienced ayahuasca for the first time in um, July of 2013. And um, I went in with a, a very specific intention to uh, heal uh, the relationship with uh, one of my with one of my family members. I'm just gonna just gonna I'm not gonna go into detail. They're just uh, just to for the protection of my own family members. And um, I basically I the, the the type of revelation or the type of um, profound simplicity that I was given uh, was so mind blowing. I basically just just cried the whole time. I didn't have any of the typical experiences of like uh, nausea or visuals i was just i was just in a very compassionate place and i just i just cried for like four or five hours straight and because it was a it was a weekend retreat so there was a second night and that second night i basically like it was like sitting down with a teacher because i just got so much clarity about so many things um it was really very very profound and then i got back to my life on the on on the Sunday, and I decided that I wanted to um, I wanted to further my tertiary education. So what happened was I was in I was in one university doing a business degree, and then uh, and then I got into business. So I put I, I I took my portfolio into a an open university called the University of South Africa, UNISA, which is done by correspondence. So you don't, you, you don't have to go to classes. You just you study the material and you show up for exams. And then I decided that I wanted to, to do psychology because it was more of what interested me than, than a business degree. And so I was able to sign up within half an hour on the last day. And the, the place was packed. And I just I could not believe that I was in and out in half an hour on the last day it was just it, it, something was like it, it just it was extremely irregular, extremely irregular. The universe something inspired. else happened. It really did. It really did. But but what pushed me over the edge, so to speak, and really got my attention was that until then, for about two years, I had this car, and um, and the petrol pump um, got broken. And so I went to a friend who had a, a garage and he um, he got his guys to put in a petrol pump. Now I had I had an Audi A4 and they put in the petrol pump for an Audi A3, but they didn't tell me that. They told me that they put in an, an Audi A4, but that the, the petrol pump of the Audi A4 changed at a certain year and I got the old one. And so if I wanted to, I needed to re replace it with the same old one. It was all a lie. It was all a lie. But I was living this lie was my was like true for me. And basically, the the bottom line is that I um, this petrol pump it got stuck. The gauge got stuck at like at like a third, and so I never knew how much petrol I had in my tank. And every now and again, I would get stuck without any petrol. And for me, it was like very metaphorical that the vehicle that I had in my life couldn't take me very far. It was unreliable. And within a week of drinking ayahuasca for the first time, I found the right pump. And there was a whole story where the guy basically said, like, your whole story is not true. There's no such thing as this old pump, new pump. Old, this is the pump for this car. Do you want it or not? And I said, sure. And so within a week, my vehicle 
was fixed. Now, for me, that was such a breakthrough because I was living this lie that this person had told me and it was true for me. Because I'd go into a place and say, do you have the old petrol pump for this car? And they'd be look, they'd look at me and they wouldn't know really what I'm talking about. And it was only when someone actually said it to my face, like, there's no such thing. This is the petrol pump for this car. Do you want it? I said, yeah, put it in my car. And it worked. And then all of a sudden, I was like, how obviously something changed within me because I had this experience. But then what has me drinking got to do with a, uh, a flawless flow registering to a new university from a different university with a foreign metric, which is like, you know, a grade 10, um, a foreign metric, which means there was a whole, was a whole thing of like, if I, if I matric, if I like finished school in one country and came to this country, then like, uh, you know, the certificates and it was, it was a different language. How could I go in and out register for a degree in a new university in under half an hour downtown in Johannesburg, and then a few days later, have my car fixed. Like, what's going on here? Like, what what actually changed within me since having this experience? And then I realized that it was my vibration. My vibration had increased into this, let's call it a bandwidth, where I was experiencing all of this flow. And that really just got me obsessed with the concept of, of, of vibration. It really, like, and today what I do for people for a living is that I help people raise their vibration into new bandwidths utilizing shadow work, which we'll touch on later. Um, I then basically felt that I had to experience this more. Like I had to. So whenever there was this opportunity, I would go for it. And then there would be this like flow of information that was like, like answering all my questions posing new questions and then answering those and basically just like drawing out this map of what I refer to as my model of reality, just like answering questions and then things would unfold and then there'd be more answers and more information. And it was just, it was a very enlightening experience. And then at some point, um, I'm really like concising a story into like, into headlines. At some point I met this uh, shaman, the German guy that lived in LA and he came to South Africa and we started talking. I mean, uh, his medicine was like very, very different. He separates, he separated the first drink from the second drink. So he separated the MAOI from the DMT, which when you think about it from a, from just from a, a, a um, digestive point of view, it makes perfect sense um, that the MAI, that the MAOI gets absorbed first fully and then the DMT. So no DMT gets quote unquote wasted. You don't have to do it like that. And shamans for like a millennia have been doing it, not like that. It just it made a lot of sense and it worked really well. But anyway, we got to talking and the way he said to me that that the way that I do my coaching based on, on laws and uh, gender and uh, polarity, he says he, this is how he does his medicine also and that we should try work together. And so we said, okay, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's create a retreat where we have the, the actual medicine the medicine experience but then it will also bring in coaching and integration as a theme so not just like a conversation at the end or like a, a circle where people just share their experience but the actual teaching of um, coaching principles and universal laws and and the technicalities of transformation like actually teaching it as a theme and so we did this 
we did this. We would run three-day retreats where there would be a coaching integration session on Thursday night before anything, and then Friday morning before the first ceremony, and then Friday afternoon before the before the um, the, the second one. So we'd work with we'd work with a with a, a masculine medicine and a feminine medicine, and then it would be the basically the coaching integration session would be wedged between and before uh, the the actual medicine experiences. And so all the information would sort of would 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 like trickle and form a um, a really well understood themed concept for the for the for the retreat. And it worked out to be it worked out really great. It turned out to be a very very good formula. And we worked like this for uh, like I think just under three years, running retreats once a month, sometimes twice a month in Johannesburg and in Cape Town, and then we and then we started doing them um, overseas as well. And um, I had I had the great 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 privilege of like of seeing like well over a thousand people go through this process, and along the way I just was receiving more and more information like like literally for those of you that don't know um, when you drink ayahuasca it becomes it, be, it can be a very challenging experience because it pulls something from the unconscious mind something intangible based on your intention and what it is that you want to get out of life and out of the, out of the, the encounter, it pulls something from your unconscious mind and then it brings it into a semi-tangible place where it's like in your stomach and then you actually like purge, you vomit out something tangible. So there is a dislodging, so to speak, or an actual purging. But after a while, I stopped purging. After about, I don't know, like 20s, maybe 30 ceremonies or so, I stopped purging and it would just become a very deep meditation. And in this meditation, I would just ponder on the concepts that I was teaching. And every now and again, uh, more often than not, there would be a new, inf a new bit of information that would be sort of like planted in my thoughts, like planted in my mind. And it would it'd be like, I won't say overwhelming, but very profound very, very profound. And then I would integrate that and, and basically I would get quote unquote shown how to explain laws and how to explain um, the human experience and uh, where perception may be flawed and like how to, how to shatter an illusion. And this is sort of what happened um, over, over the course of about nine or 10 months in 2015. And in retrospect, I can, I can say that um, I, sort of downloaded, if you will, a new form of coaching that I call breakthrough matrix coaching and a new form or methodology of shadow work, which is pretty groundbreaking because um, shadow work can be in its own right, pretty grueling, but um, I have a process that has a, a middle, a beginning, a middle and an end. It has, it has a grueling part, um, but it's, um, it's very thorough and it works. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, more than that, uh, before I go to the next subject, I want to uh, tell something. <clears throat> so at Lawaira, our motto is connect, heal, grow. And uh, what I want to explain is that uh, when you first start working with the medicine, first you, you connect to the medicine, connect to to yourself, connect to nature, connect to God, uh, then you heal physically, mentally, and then inevitably you grow. And, and and when you grow, you grow as a person, you grow professionally, you grow 
spiritually and eventually when you go deeper you go to where what what i believe if that's if that's a correct uh, sort of uh, way the things happen correct sequence then you go where doran went doran went because there, there there inevitably is that part where you get to the point where there is this limitless spiritual exploration and you can gather knowledge so for for those who are working with the medicine a lot of times they ask like you know why why are you drink why are you still drinking medicine you know if you already healed like or why are you um like understanding what what happens afterwards and I, and i believe this is this is the progression and inevitably uh, if you if, if that's what you want you'll get to the point where which there which doran describes is where you start getting information and and then uh, medicine heals you and then it starts helping you to heal other people and and it it happened to me as well a, a little bit but not not to such an extent and i'm i'm still a novice like i focus more on on the organizational side of it and i sort of postpone my spiritual growth part uh because because of the business but uh, I'll, I'll get there inevitably but um i like uh, i like how you describe it can you talk a little bit more about this um, aspect of downloads and how it looks um how it looks and how it feels and um maybe for those that are interested to to get there uh what what can they do or can, can this be set as an intention for example great question okay so first of all it's 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 something that is not necessarily unique to a psychedelic experience um every everyone has the power of imagination and imagination is not um thinking of things that don't exist like when people say you're just imagining things imagination comes from the word image and it's 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 what we do with our mind is that we go into this imagery and things begin to take form in in a, in, in in a in a let's call it perception it doesn't have to be necessarily a recognizable form but the learning that happens in a mental space is not linear and it sometimes doesn't even really have words or or things that are let's call let's call it recognizable but like for instance einstein when he was on the on on the edge of his of his genius on the edge of his like discoveries he didn't have a book to refer to so he would think about these things and he loved he loved what he was doing obviously he would think about these things and then at some point his imagination would fill in the blanks so this is not something that is unique to medicine but what medicine does just in general specifically ayahuasca is that it's able to compress into a space of a few hours, it's able to compress a lot of time, sometimes years, into, into, a, into a, an intense four, five, six, seven hour experience. So whatever it is that a person is doing in their life, like whatever their trajectory is, it can be compressed and let's call it sped up. But essentially in order to receive a quote-unquote download and I use that term very specifically because a lot of people call a realization a download and I'm not saying that it's not but what, what I experienced was um, literally a revelation of something that was not there before so it wasn't just a single a single uh, realization or a single thought it was an entire an entire philosophy or a methodology of self-inquiry and what it did for me, and I can say this now in retrospect because I had enough time of teaching it and I understand it really well, is that it took everything that I was obsessed with 
all the different frameworks because I'm I'm a frameworks I'm a frameworks guy. I'm I'm really into frameworks of information, and it basically took every framework and every process that I knew and everything that I understood about 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 uh, human potential and and uh, mental mastery and self discipline and uh, and outputs, and it basically like it shook everything. It shook off all the labels. And showed me like how, in its essence, that there are a certain amount of working parts that all connect. And so that's what it did for me: is that it showed it, it connected everything in my mind that I was already obsessed with into a working system. So it took all the parts and said, "This is how it all goes together." Um, so, can a person have that intention? Uh, um, yes. But if there is if there is like heavy stuff that is weighing a person down, chances are that that heavy stuff needs to be dealt with because you've got to you've got to be really at peace in order to have these downloads. And I'm not talking about in medicine; I'm talking about also just in normal meditation. You've got to be really, really at peace. You've got to you've got to have such a deep peace that it's not just a a a piece of like uh, I'm I'm a, I'm okay with everything as it is. It's like I'm okay with everything as it is, and I love it. Or like I'm, I'm so okay with it that it feels good in my body because peace isn't a, isn't a neutral feeling, it's a positive feeling, it's a good feeling. And so if you are obsessed with something and you think about it a lot, like you really like have to think about it a lot, at some point your own mind will begin to fill in blanks, like that's 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 everywhere. And so what happened to me in the medicine was that I would be in this place of like. I mean, think think about this. I didn't plan on on being in a shamanic partnership, and I didn't plan on running retreats, and I didn't plan on any of this. And I literally, it, it felt to me like a divine hand picked me up and like put me on that path, and I suddenly found myself holding space for 20, 30 people at a time, running these retreats, um, teaching stuff that I'm very passionate about. Um, helping people like have like realizations and like actual breakthroughs in their life. And I was, I was so head over heels in love with my reality that, that um, it was just, it was just pure bliss. And it was from that place of pure bliss and being able to really focus on the concepts that I'm so passionate about that um, new information would literally be, let's call it dripped or fed to me Um and I can see now how it, it had to be dripped one little bit of it one little bit at a time because I had to integrate it and see where it all where it all fit together. If anybody's interested in these things, I know we we want to say this, we want to talk about it at the end. But if anyone's interested in these in these uh, these concepts, and like it's, it's on my website breakthroughmatrix.com, um, it's a free download. So if anyone's interested, they can go check it out. But essentially, to answer your question, anyone can reach that place, but there are two stages or two macro stages when it comes to healing um, with any healing process, whether it's meditation, whether it's ice baths, whether it's uh, uh, um, dancing, whether it's singing, whether it's whatever, whatever uh, healing modality that a person is, is engaging in. But for the sake of this podcast, we'll speak specifically about medicine. There is a healing phase, which is about the past. And then there is an, enlightening phase which is about the future and you cannot get to the enlightening phase 
without dealing with the healing phase first. You have to go through the healing phase first and you have to, and sometimes it can be deep, like really, really deep. And sometimes you've got to like be able to peel layer after layer after layer after layer after layer. But once you get to this, this core, there is just this crazy, ridiculous level of self-acceptance and acceptance of things as they are in like the, the sort of the divine, everything is as it should be type of perspective that from that place of peace slash bliss, there is an enlightenment that happens. There is a, a, a there is an access to new information. Yeah, this is a, a great explanation, uh, Doran. And um, I totally understand you when you're talking about uh, synchronicities in your life happening and just putting you on a path where you never expected to be because absolutely same thing happened to me. I've never planned to start an ayahuasca retreat. I didn't even know what ayahuasca was and, and, and look at me now doing exactly the same thing and, and feeling feeling the same things uh, you felt as well. Um, even though it's very difficult and very painful sometimes, it is still, you feel like you're in the right path and it feels very uh, pleasant and you feel supported by something unknown and bigger than us. Um, you mentioned downloading the new methodology methodology for shadow work. Before we talk about that, can you explain first to people what is shadow work? Sure, sure. So, um, just want to say beforehand that a quick search on on YouTube will bring up a lot of information. So Jordan Peterson talks about it. Uh, Alan Watts talks about it. Um, um, basically, in a nutshell, one of the laws of this world is the law of polarity. That means positive and negative. You can also look at it as yin and yang. Okay. So this, this, this law of polarity, this, this duality of oneness, yeah, which is a paradox itself because the yin-yang is one thing that has within it two things. So within the singularity, there is a duality. They're not separate though. Everything is dual. Everything is polar. So you've got night and day. Within your blood system, within your, like your body's fluids, you've got alkaline and acids, which is your pH. And so what happens is that a person has within their own psyche or their own self-image, there is also there a yin and a yang. There is a light self-image and there is a dark self-image. Now, the tricky part here is that another one of the designs for all living organisms, or at least for most living organisms, is a, is a concept called photosynthesis. And photosynthesis is when things gravitate towards the light. I'm really not doing it justice. There's a, lot, there's a lot more that happens within the plants. But the reason that plants grow upwards is because they're growing towards the light. And you can see this that with certain plants, if you plant them in the kitchen, the plant will literally grow towards the window where it, the, the light is coming into the kitchen. So the same thing happens on an emotional or psychic level, that there is a gravitation towards my own light self my self-image, the person that I see myself as. Now, if, if you, you can ask anyone, like, how do you see yourself? And they'll, you know, they'll, on, a, on a good day, they'll, they'll come up with a picture of them with their best hairstyle, with their best clothes in, let's say, the coolest car um, 
at their best moment. And this is this um, psychic photosynthesis that a person gravitates in their own mind towards their own best self, even if they may not feel like it. But if there is a gravitation towards a best self, a light self, that means that there is a gravitation away from their dark side, their dark self or their worst self. Okay, so there was a, a book that not many of the of the young people, anyone that was sort of um, born after um, maybe the nineties or the two thousands, but there was a book called Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. It's a very famous book, and it's a book about this uh, Doctor Jekyll, who was a brilliant physician and a scientist or a phys uh, physicist or maybe a chemist, but basically he came up with this potion that when he drank it, his another side of him would come out, like a, a monster type, cruel, violent type of persona would come out. And that was called Mr. Hyde. But Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde were the same person. It's just that once he drank this thing, this shadow self would come out and and be visible for everyone. Now the thing is that every person has this has this uh, shadow self, um, and the only person that's not aware of it is you. Everyone else is aware of your shadow self, <laughs> right? So let's say just um, the easiest example. Let's say a person has a um, a, a problem with their temper, so they get angry too easily, and they know that's a problem. A person who has a problem with their anger, when they're angry, they can't control it. They can't just, quote unquote, stay calm. They get into this emotion and they get into this emotional space where a certain behavior comes out and certain words come out. And more often than not, probably all the time, the person feels remorseful and ashamed about the things that they did and the things they said. So how can that be? And even if it's not a even if it's not a, a temper problem, everyone does things and says things that when they look back at it, they think to themselves, what was I? How could I do that? How could I say that? So how can that be? If you're a, a sane individual, how can there be behaviors and speeches that come out of you that you then regret and have to either make amends or apologize or Another way of looking at this is that a person that has, so the way that I deal with shadow work specifically is I help people break through unconscious blockages. So like um, break through income ceilings, break through um, chronic, chronic illnesses um, and break through relationship patterns or blockages. So those are the three main areas. It can happen whenever there's a loop or a, or a pattern or blockage, but those are the three sort of like main categories. Some people call it health, wealth, and romance. So let's say a person has got a money issue or, or a relationship issue, let's say, and they hit the wall. So they run out of money, let's say, or they, uh, they, break, up, uh, they break up again or they find themselves in an abusive relationship and they end the relationship. And then they promise themselves, I am never, ever going to find myself in that position ever again. They promise themselves, make a very firm decision. And somehow... It happens again. 
So a person, so the way that I'm talking about um, in my second example is that the way that I, the, the, the shadow behavior comes out, in, it, it's not, and it's completely unconscious. So the only way that a person would notice that they have a, a shadow problem or a, a let's call it, that, that there's a shadow problem is when they find themselves in a loop or in a blockage that they cannot get past. And that can take some time because when a person's in their 20s and maybe early 30s, they go, no, 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 I don't have a money block. I don't have a money block. I just haven't taken it seriously yet. So they've got to wait, at least a person like me that's going to, that, that can help them from a shadow point of view. They, um, there's got to be this process of like, the person's got to go through enough life where their best self, their most peaceful self, their most um, together self, their most creative self still can't achieve those goals. And then they realize, okay, maybe there's something in the unconscious mind that I need to, you know, let's look at the shadow stuff. But to answer your question, shadow work is when a person is able to confront or own parts of themselves that they're unaware of, but that's popping up in their lives and showing up in like pockets of pain or blockages or things that they seem they it just feels either like bad luck or like they're cursed so this would this is what shadow work would be or if a person has like let's say with the original um, example when a person can like okay you know what my temper i I'm, I, I can't i can't seem to i can't seem to deal with this and i'm not taking away anything from anger management but anger management is very uh te um, technique and, and, st and strategy driven but you can only change things on a core level when you change an aspect of your being, when you become when you become someone else. So shadow work is looking at the aspects of myself that I that I don't like and that I'm not even aware of because nobody wants to nobody wants to admit that uh, I'm weak. Nobody wants to admit that I'm not good enough. In fact, the entire world, I'd say 99 point something percent of the motivational world, counseling world psychological world therapy world everyone says that the voice inside your mind that says i'm not good enough or i'm not worthy or i'm a loser it's lying and you have to shout louder so it doesn't take a genius to understand that if you've got a voice in your mind that says i'm not good enough and the advice that you've been given is to shout louder i am good enough what does that create when one when one voice is saying this and then you're saying this what does this create it creates in a conflict and breakthrough doesn't happen on the basis of inner conflict. Breakthrough happens on the basis of peace. So there's got to be a place where this gets reconciled. The truth of the matter is, if I give everyone like a peek sneak, is that I'm not good enough is true. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's true. It's just, it's also true because you're also phenomenal. You're also the, the, the polar. You're also the polarity. So over there and over there, you may really, you really may not be good enough. And over there, you may be a loser. And over there, you may be a failure. It, it may be true. But there's other places in your life where you are the polarity of that shadow. You are phenomenal and spectacular and a champion and a legend and an inspiration. And the two have to go together because that's the law of polarity. I think that that explains it pretty well. <clears throat> you said that you recently you've been focusing on... Um another way of healing and uh, you mentioned uh, a word another download that you had that it had to do about super conscious and uh, i think it sounds very awesome can you 
Can you explain what is superconscious? Sure. So funnily enough, the, 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 the superconscious wasn't really a download. So the reason that I went to, to Colombia, specifically uh, to Sam, is because I was going through a very, very, very tough time. I had just come out of a very, very abusive relationship. Um, and I was in a very, very tough place. I had, uh, I'd been dealing with PTSD for over a year. And um, PTSD is hell. PTSD is when images, very traumatic images, just stay stuck in the front of the mind. And they don't, they don't get filed away. It's like there's, there's, a, there's a haunting that goes on. And um, I thought to myself, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to deal with this. And uh, I employed every um, healing uh, capacity that I could think of, and nothing was, nothing was really working. And I decided that I wanted to, I, I wanted to, to, to drink medicine again, and I wanted to do it more than once or twice. So I found Sam, and uh, I was like, okay. Four ceremonies that should that should do it, I think. So I got to I got to Colombia and um, uh, basically I, I got told in the experience that like we're not going to deal with that. <laughs> we can do anything. We can talk about anything you want, so we're not going to deal with that. And I, I felt very uh, I don't want to say betrayed, but I was like very disappointed. Um, so I mean, I got a lot out of it. I got a hell of a lot out of it. But um, what happened? much later, about uh, five months, so February, March, April, May, like four months later, is that I was able to tap into a part of the mind called the superconscious mind. And then once you tap into the superconscious mind, depending on what a person's dealing with, the healing is absolutely instant. And, um, and I'll explain why. So essentially, there are three parts to a person's consciousness. There is the conscious mind, there is the unconscious mind. Let's call, let's just say unconscious and subconscious are the same thing for this example because they're not conscious. But that duality of mind, conscious and unconscious, that duality of mind only happens when the soul's in the body. And I'm sorry to people that don't believe in the soul. It's just um, go listen to someone else. When the soul's not in the body, the duality goes away. There's no longer a duality of mind there is just a singularity of consciousness. And that singularity is called the superconscious. So if you had to think of a yin-yang, you've got like the, uh, the white part with the black dot, and you've got the black part with the white dot. So that would be conscious mind, unconscious mind. But the superconscious mind would just be a white circle where these two parts fit in. And so the superconscious mind is really phenomenal because it works very, very, very much like chat GPT. <laughs> It works very much like artificial intelligence. I mean, it's not artificial intelligence, it's infinite intelligence. And it's basically the, the way that you can look at it is that the conscious mind wants a quality experience. It wants pleasure and not pain. It wants to have abundance and not lack. It wants to have a quality experience. The unconscious mind is not interested in the quality experience. It wants a quantitative experience. That means it wants nothing new. It just wants familiarity. That's why you've got to do things over and over and over and over and over again in order for your unconscious mind to sort of receive it because the newness goes away. The superconscious mind doesn't care about quality or quantity. It's, it's completely, it's both those things are irrelevant. All it wants is an experience. It's just, it's completely um, 
neutral in terms of whether your experience is good or bad. It just wants to have a human experience. The thing is that this, this consciousness, the superconscious, the, the, the singularity of consciousness, it, it's, it's extremely, extremely powerful. And so what I've been graced with um, for the past seven months or so is this ability to tap into this superconscious mind. For those that follow Joe Dispenza, it's, it's basically connecting into the quantum field, but staying there and and communicating with it to the point that it actually like does things. So um, yeah, the, the the healing stories that I can tell are like quite quite miraculous from from relieving PTSD on myself and other people to um, um, healing children. Like there's been crazy crazy stories of like children. Like the the younger the the, the younger the child, the the more instant the the, the healing. So the ones that stand out for me was like a two-year-old with a 40 degree temperature, 40.5 degree temperature, which is like 105 in Fahrenheit, um, high blood pressure and trouble breathing. After a 15 minute meditation, the child like was basically just like became okay. Temperature went down, blood pressure leveled out, breathing not regulated, it was phenomenal. And then another one was a, a, a baby that was less than a month old that healed from meningitis. In, in five stages, first it was the pathogens in the brain, the bacteria, and then there was swelling of the swelling of the of the head, and then there was um, it absor uh, gut food absorption, sorry, food absorption and increasing gut flora. Then there was um, a very high temperature also, and then there was a, a certain protein in the blood called C-reactive protein. It's called a CRP count, and for normal people, it's like below one it's like 0 0.5 to 0 0.8 with this child it was 5.0 and so that also came down and all this happened over a space of like 10 days so each like each meditation like cause one one thing to go down at a time and now the baby is fine so that those are just two things that stand out but just really also like um i'm able to to do an accelerated form of shadow work because that's sort of my expertise I'm able to pull one of these shadow beliefs that I mentioned before that are really responsible for a lot of pain and suffering that, and, that a person is going through with that. It may not be like top of mind, but like a, a deep undercurrent of, uh, of, of anxiety and to literally like turn it down the same way that you would turn down a, um, the, the dial of a volume, you know, from whatever level it is down to a zero. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very profound thing. I now understand that the reason that like I wasn't able to access anything on on the retreat when I came to you was that if I if I if, if I had achieved the the healing that I was looking for then I would have I would have stopped looking for a solution to my problem um, and I obviously had to access this new modality. That makes a lot of sense. Sometimes this is how we're guided. Um by universe through through some form of pain and then uh, seeking the resolution of of the pain um doran um I, last question so first of all and, and when you were here um at the retreat uh, the one of the reasons i wanted to interview you is because uh, i learned a lot from you and i remember we were having a, a pretty difficult retreat once once in a while you have a a retreat where there's certain people that are going through very tumultuous times and they 
the emotions come up on the surface and they affect other people. And, and as a facilitator, I always had this uh, desire to sort of smooth those peaks and like make, make the experience as positive as possible. And uh, there was a moment where uh, it was no longer possible. And uh, you said something that uh, really stuck with me till today and i and i still use it in my practice which is uh, you know everything that happens at ayahuasca retreat is for a reason and it, and it not necessarily has to be positive sometimes the negative things um, make this um, the impulse to 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 growth and improvement and uh, it really helped me and really made my work easier and i and i'm trying to explain it now to people even before the the retreat begins that this is a possibility and we have to accept it that Negative emotions of another person can be a trigger for something to come out from you and be processed. And it was um, really profound. Um, I remember when you were here at the retreat, it was um, you're, you're very limited with, um, with the ability of uh, things you can do because of your religion, right? You, you are a Hasidic uh, Jew, is that correct? Correct. And um, so... My last question is, how do you combine um, your your religion with with your spiritual practice as well as um, you know plant medicines uh, when when you do do them occasionally? And what is your larger outlook on uh, plant medicines and its role or potential role in in, in religion? Okay, I talk a lot about this, but I'll try to be concise. So, first of all, in Hasidic Judaism, just like in any other religion, there are going to be people that are uh, pro um, these experiences and these modalities, and there are going to be people that are um, violently, violently against them, and quoting uh, scripture and saying how forbidden it is. Um, so it's no different within Hasidic Judaism. Um, I'm at a place now where um, I don't care anymore. I don't care who knows. I don't care who hears about it. Um, I think personally that I bring a lot of legitimacy to this work because I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a sort of, let's call it high-level coach or executive coach or uh, whatever you want to call it, I'm not I'm not like I speak about I speak about things that work, and I I help I help a lot of people on a very sort of like broad spectrum. I believe I bring a lot of legitimacy to this type of work. Having said that, there are people that will uh, that will you know think the worst of me because of uh, because of the specific area. But like I said, I I just I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I've gotten so much from um from ayahuasca specifically um i've got so I've gotten so much that i feel it would be um ungrateful of me to not give credit where the credit is due now to answer your question specifically i can i can get really uh, deep in this uh, but i'll tell you just just for those that do know a little bit of scripture so uh, the whole human game is one of consciousness and specifically within judaism um, within let's call it ancient Judaism um, everything was about 
uh, consciousness or some people call it knowledge. So the tree of knowledge, which is not what it's called, it's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So it's actually a tree of judgment. So that tree of knowledge is called Aetis tree and of knowledge is that. And that is the word for um, consciousness as well. It's within the Kabbalistic spheres that are within the tree of life. Um, and everything really is about intention and consciousness in its essence, okay? We're told that with the ascension of consciousness or the messianic redemption, that it will be just that. There will be an ascension of consciousness. So this all boils down to this. Now, what the the ingredient that, that uh, is contained within ayahuasca that does all the quote-unquote magic is a molecule called dimethyltryptamine or shortened into DMT. And DMT is a native compound that exists. It means it exists in the body. That's also why there's no crash from, from ayahuasca is because your body, your body produces DMT natively. It's not like when you put something else into your body that, that you get this experience or this, uh, this uh, elevation. Now, if you take that word pineal, and you, um, it says that it says in um, in one of the books of the, of, of Genesis that Jacob fought with an angel, and he and he won, and then and then the and then he asked the angel to bless him. And then he called the place Pineal. So who was this angel that he fought with? It says that it was the it was the the ministering angel of his twin brother Esau. Now, because Jacob and Esau came from the same womb, they are the they are the symbols of yin yang of good and bad. And so who would Esau, who would Esau's ministering angel be? None, none other than himself. The angel, because Satan's an angel, that is in charge of all evil. So when it was time for Jacob to do his own shadow work, he did it on a spiritual level because it says in the scripts that he was left there by himself and then he fought with and then he fought with someone. So how could he fight with someone if he was left by himself? Because this 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 aspect of self is a deep aspect. And so he so he did his, his he fought with his demons, so to speak. And then he got named Israel. So Jacob is Jacob is also called Israel. You know, the children of Israel basically came out of Jacob. He's got two names, which in itself is a polarity. So if you take the numerical value of the Hebrew word for Jacob, which is Yaakov, the, the numerical value, and you add it with the numerical value of Satan, which is Satan, then you get the numerical value of Israel, Israel, which is like crazy. So the lower part of, of Jacob, of Yaakov, and the and his own integration of shadow self let's call that satan when you combine this this person and this darkness and it gets integrated to the point that he not just he didn't just conquer he didn't just like beat this angel in a match when he beat him it wasn't enough that he beat him he said now bless me and the blessing he got was like he, he actually called him he said, your name will now be israel so the numerical value of the person plus the dark side equals the numerical value of the name sort of that like where these tribes came out and this whole um, legacy and heritage came out from this name called Israel Israel. So that just, it shows like how important, how important this, this, this aspect of the, 
integrating the darkness within, integrating this this own this own part within myself, how important that is. Now, he called the place pineal. He called it in Hebrew, it's pnei, which is face, and then L is God, so the face of God. And he actually says because I saw God face to face, and I and my soul was saved, which is how a lot of people talk about an ayahuasca ceremony. He then, when they got down to, to, to Egypt, he then planted acacia trees. Now, for those of you that don't know, acacia, the in acacia leaves, acacia leaves are one of the highest uh, sources of DMT outside of the Amazon. And uh, some people say that the acacia has got even more DMT than the bushes in the Amazon, the Chakrun and the Choliconga. There's actually more DMT in the acacia leaves. And it just so happens to be that the tabernacle that was built, that the Jews carried in the deserts, that where, where like uh, Moses and Aaron would like actually speak with God, this was made out of acacia wood. So the wood that made the tabernacle where this, where man would interact with the creator of the world was made out of a, out of a wood that contained within it DMT. I mean, there's all of these different uh, um, clues that you can look at them as um, coincidence. Or not? There is a there is a, a there is a documentary that I'm sure a lot of people uh, have heard of called DMT, the spirit molecule, which is itself is like a it's a paradox because a molecule is something physical and spirit is something non-physical. So it's called the spirit molecule. And there, there's this, uh, there's a guy called Joel Bax. Um, I think he's called the psychedelic rabbi, but he speaks about he brings a whole new a whole different uh, perspective on the subject. Just in general, that's it's a really good documentary with with watching. Yeah, so I'll I'll share my own worldview that I've formed about religions and psychedelics, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned the clues, and I didn't know the the Judaism side of it because um, I'm not aware of uh, of that that much, and it's it's fascinating to learn because uh, same as with um, you know the 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 early shamanistic religions of Europe and um, the Amanita Muscaria and the whole Santa Claus story and the reindeer there's another clue there that also ties to psychedelics then the early Christianity being a cult that came out from the cult of Dionysus which used a psychedelic sacrament as well originally I think that if we go deep enough, then there's definitely some kind of connection. And um, when you drink ayahuasca, sometimes you see entities very similarly resounding the ones that there are described in the Bible with many eyes and angels and archangels. Not the pretty version of them, the one with the wings, but the actual sort of monstrous looking presence. I've seen them myself and... Um, it just kind of shows you that there's the 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 root of a lot of religions might might have something to do with psychedelics because basically, of course, we have a natural ability to get there, but um, I think that those substances definitely help. So I think that uh, religions are, in my opinion, and I, I might offend some people, maybe even you, Doran. I'm sorry in advance. I think religions are languages. And um, the God is uh, is kind of, and they're all trying to describe God with the different languages. Like you have a water in a pool and you can say, 
water, you can say agua, or you can say vada or udens, and those are the languages I, I speak in. And it, none of them are correct or none of them are necessarily wrong. They just describe the same thing. And, and you can, and I think psychedelics, they, they, they also point to the, to the same direction. And we just need to sort of find a way to, to I guess, uh, unite them all in, in one given understanding. But then obviously religion has this other connotation, which is the political aspect of it and control aspect of it, which then results in wars. And, you know, we're not going to go into that topic. It's, it's now it's too far away from ayahuasca, but the, um, there's definitely it's a fascinating topic to explore and 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 I'm glad we got got to talk about it a little bit. Um, so we're um, we've talked for more than an hour now, Doran, and I mean by we I mean you because <laughs> I allowed you to do most of the talking, which was really interesting and fascinating. Um, what what are your parting comments or something you want to tell two people? Uh, on the topic of ayahuasca or you know your work and and most importantly where can people find more about yourself Doran? cool thanks Sam. so what i have to say to people is um don't push it it's a very big step and um you know, the best scenario is that you arrive at a ceremony while you may be scared for your first time, and that's okay, that you're you're sure that you want to be there. That's that's I think that's the best thing. And I think that's also the best thing for facilitators is that they don't want someone that's like, oh, I don't know if I should do this, and because it can it can be challenging and there's gonna be a lot of resolve. So I, I heard someone once say that uh, you don't drink because you want to, you drink because it's your time. So that's number one is that it's really important to be sure I don't convince anyone to drink medicine and I don't convince anyone to do shadow work. They're just uh, really, really big experiences that uh, have, they have the potential to change life so drastically that you've really got to be ready for it. That's number one. Number two, if you do decide to do it, um, there are three parts and all parts are um, equally important. The first part is preparation the better you can prepare your body and your uh, your mind, but mainly your body, the better it'll be for the experience. So that means the, the, the preparation diet is absolutely crucial. Like it is, it's, there are no words to describe how important it is to prepare your body. So that means uh, refraining from caffeine and whatever the, whatever the outline is, there's, there's a few different schools of thought of that what's allowed and what's not allowed, but I think everybody agrees on no caffeine, no alcohol, um, no processed foods and things like that. Um, so the preparation is very, very, very important. Some people actually like go through some sort of like sugar withdrawal um, in the preparation and they get to learn things about themselves that they didn't know before. Um, the second part is the actual experience itself. And um, what what's really important there is uh, is not just set and setting, that's very important, but um, a safe place. And that's really up to the facilitators to provide a, a safe space. And for all, this, uh, for all the facilitators listening, the, the safest place is the one with the most rules, which is sort of like, uh, it may seem contrary, but uh, the more rules there are that get, that get complied with, the safer it feels for people because there's different levels of vulnerability within any group. 
The third part, and again, no part is more important than any other part, and that is the integration. That the person can go through such a change in consciousness and such a change in paradigm that they begin to they begin to change at warp speed, and all of a sudden they find themselves with um, not much in common with their friends as they had before. They find themselves wanting to listen to different music, wanting to eat different food, wanting to do different things in their spare time. And uh, some people are not aware that that change can happen on that level. And they find themselves wondering, like, why is my life changing so much? Why is my life changing so much? So it's really important to, to, um, to have some sort of um, um, integration that uh, I think personally is highly, highly undeveloped and highly undercated for in the medicine world. So those, so those are, those are my, my, my parting words. Um, I would like to, I would like to mention and to offer anyone that wants that um, I have on my, on my website, a model, a module of, um, of plant work integration that you can find on my website, breakthroughmatrix.com. Just, you know, one word, breakthroughmatrix.com. And uh, there's a lot of free stuff there. Just in general, my, my coaching philosophy in its entirety is, is essentially um, good to be an integration model for psychedelic work because it deals with the technicalities of transformation. And in order for a human being to transform, you can either do it consciously or you can do it psychedelically. The rules still remain the same rules. So there's a lot of free stuff there because I want to get the, the, the things that I've learned out into the world. So there's a lot of free stuff and a lot of, um, yes, it's just, there's a lot, of, a lot of free material there. But like I said, there's also a, uh, a particular module for uh, plant work integration that is free and you can check it out. Doran, uh, thank you. Um, thank you for uh, mentioning the, the aspect of integration, which is very important. As you know, um, I, I just did an episode on it as well, uh, which is probably gonna come out uh, together with, the, with this podcast episode. So. Uh, I do believe integration is very important. Guys, check out uh, Doran's website, uh, breakthroughmatrix.com, correct? Correct. And uh, Doran, thank you so much for coming. I think it was a very fascinating episode. There's a lot of things that we spoke about and um, a lot of wisdom. Um, I, I definitely feel my mind sort of being... Uh, compelled and engaged uh, with all those topics and there's there's a lot to explore thank you for coming on the podcast and um, thank you for sharing the wisdom um, guys you've been listening to ayahuascapodcast.com uh, our guest today was Doran Yitzhak Gibor um, once again the the host Sam Believe the, the founder of uh, La Waira Ayahuasca Retreat if you want to learn more about our retreat go to lawira.com and uh, i will see you and hear you in the next episode limpia limpia taita